You found it. The no-nonsense, no-script podcast you've been waiting for. Real people on real issues. Welcome to Dynamic Independence. The home of logic, reason, and common sense. Let's do it. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in today. I'm Johnny Anderson. I'm joined today by Bruce Adams and Tavish. Nice to see you both. Tavish, how you doing? Welcome back. Why, thank you, sir. I'm doing quite well, actually. It's been a good day so far. Now I get to hang out with educated uh, gentry type, and I'm quite impressed. Really? Who are they? <laughs> I'd like to meet the guys you're going to hang out with that are educated, because we're certainly not. I thought we were all educated. <laughs> yeah, educated. Yeah, we're all from public schools. Yeah. yeah, sure. No, it's good to see you. Uh, glad you're here. Glad you sent me a text message just a little while ago. Uh, great to have you on. Bruce, how are you today? Doing good. Got a lovely uh, rainstorm today, so it's even better. Uh-huh. So, I mean, there's a rainbow that's about to pop up as a, as the sun's coming out over the horizon because Trump's going to have an arrival ceremony in your state in about 12 hours. Is that what that is? Sure. Yeah, we can go with that. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I'd just build that up for the hell of it. But <laughs> yeah. so let's go ahead and jump into that. So you've got Trump that's actually going to be moving down to Oklahoma for a rally. Now, all of a sudden, I saw this this morning. Now, all of a sudden, actually, I saw it late last night, uh, which would have been first thing this morning for, for you. But uh, I saw it late last night. Tulsa imposes a curfew ahead of a Trump rally after warnings about unrest. So is this yep. a, is this a normal thing? Is this something they no. do all the time? I mean, I understand that. Uh, I mean, if Joe Biden were going to be having a rally, I get it because, you know, they pretty much put the, the rest home on curfew after 4 p.m. So, I mean, I understand. So it, it's time to get everybody back. But with Trump, I mean, th- is this a, is this a normal thing? The mayor's doing this, obviously, not the governor. The governor's assisting by sending in the National Guard to kind of help keep security from um, well, Trump put out the tweet. I'm just going to read the tweet. Uh, he said, and this is why the National Guard's going. The tweet from Trump says, any protesters, anarchists, agitators, looters, or lowlifes who are going to Oklahoma, please understand, you will not be treated like you've been in New York, Seattle, or Minneapolis. It would be a much different scene. Bruce, you're in Oklahoma. So is it going to be a different scene? I mean, the general, as far as the general populace is concerned, yeah, it's going to be a different scene. If there is any provocations, we don't take kindly to that around here. <laughs> so around I, I, I don't, <laughs> yeah, around these parts. Sorry, yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't mean to mock you. I apologize. No, I, I did that as, as a comical. Um, no, I, I don't think it's going to get out of hand. More or less people around, uh, around here are, are fairly respectful. You do have problems in like Tulsa and Oklahoma City with gangs and, you know, drugs and typical, typical big city stuff. And uh, I mean, I guess you could have some problems, whatnot, but by having the extra National Guard there, I I think it was something like 250 units are are deployed there. So I I don't know. It's I'm I'm hoping the show of force is not going to, you know, it's not going to cause any problems. Uh, They'll they'll just back down. We, We also have the. Uh, Juneteenth celebrations going on this weekend as well. So that was something that was of concern. They didn't know if there was going to be any kind of clashes between the two. They were the the people that were celebrating Juneteenth was um, they were advised to stay away from the the Trump rallies and whatnot, just to try to not cause any kind of problems. The arena they're going to be meeting at 
is uh is like a 19,000 seat arena. Um I mean it's not huge, but you know, it's not small either and and we we were kind of talking about it off air. You still have uh coronavirus going around and whatnot and of course this is not okay to go and have the rally whereas uh the riots and protests were okay. Uh, mm-hmm. to do in the middle of this. So mm-hmm. it's going to be interesting to see what the media has to say about this. Supposedly, there's some people that created uh, like a, a petition or something or a lawsuit or was basically saying that either they cancel this event or they show how they're going to um, uh, basically have social distancing in this. But it's not it's not a law. It's not mandatory it's a recommendation so i don't i don't think that went anywhere as far as that lawsuit it, it was probably thrown out honestly but yeah as far as far as that goes it should be business as usual really mm-hmm. what's the uh, what's the curfew all about why are they doing that why is that mayor doing that so the curfew is to try to keep tensions down so basically they don't want any kind of riots or any of that kind of stuff going on or any kind of um problems because you know as we've seen with all the other riots that have been going on it usually happens at dark right that's usually when they they use the cover of dark to to do their shenanigans and they're they're kind of hoping by by doing this it will curb things uh, reduce people you know any, any kind of assaults or whatnot they've already had some trump supporters get attacked there was one guy that came up and just unprovoked punched one of the uh trump supporters and police arrested him so i mean there there is some attacks and whatnot and that's kind of what they're trying to curb what do they expect him to do the media is jumping all over him when it comes to this nonsense about how they're saying that you know the trump's uh, like the president's decision to hold his first campaign style rally since the pandemic began in tulsa whatever they're talking about how this is angering many people across the country do you think that burning businesses hasn't angered people across the country do you think having their 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 lives ruined by the lockdowns in the first place having their businesses and their wealth and their communities destroyed and then smashed out and burned after that and then the media said that that was okay as you put it they gave cover to that but yet they're coming back and saying, oh, well, uh, you know, the president wants to start uh, this rally. All this is dangerous. You know, Tavish, let's get your take on that. What, what are your thoughts on that? To me, at least the peaceful protests, I'm all for it. Get out there, exercise your First Amendment right. It's the agitators, the rioters, the looters. Lock them up. Got no use for them. You know, especially hiding under the cover of darkness. Eh, you know, that says it all right there. As far as the rally, I think the initial perception, especially after uh, Black Lives Matter, the killing of the uh, gentleman in Minneapolis was the fact that he originally planned it for Juneteenth. And I think that's what really got people kind of up in arms like, wait, what do you mean? And then he moved it from Juneteenth to June the 20th. Again, First Amendment right, freedom to gather, freedom to express your opinion. It's the American way. So I say, let it go on. Peaceful protests, let it go on. But the chuckleheads that might want to set something on fire or loot or riot, oh yeah, lock them up, send them on their way. But to me, it's if it's a matter of First Amendment rights, and whether you're on the left, the middle, the right, we all abide by the Constitution and its amendments, and that's what has bonded us over hundreds of years. Let's jump up to Portland. So a statue of George Washington was pulled down up there. I, I'm assuming that's that's what I heard. I haven't been able to pull anything on it because of region restrictions I'm dealing with at the moment. So I'm not able to see that. However, I heard about that incident that happened. Again, this is another case of what's going on with these mobs that are out there in the streets. They want to destroy 
history. They want to reset society. They want to reorganize society. They have no interest whatsoever in sitting down and making compromises. They don't want to talk. They want to completely wreck everything. That's their goal. We've seen it over the last couple of days. We talked yesterday a little bit about some of the uh, the breakfast cereal stuff, what they're doing with, you know, like um, Aunt Jemima pancake syrup and Uncle Ben's minute rice, uh, cream of wheat, you know, that, that kind of stuff. I heard today, I don't know if there's, I, I can't back this up, but I heard today there's something, now they're going after Taco Bell for something. I don't know what that's all about, but now they're going after Taco Bell. It's ridiculous. So, now they've hit a statue of George Washington. And for those that don't know, those of you that are not American citizens, if you look at the $1 bill, that's the guy that's on the $1 bill. He's also the first president of the United States. They're now targeting monuments of that. And rest assured, as sure as I'm sitting here, as sure as I'm sitting here, DC's in their sights. It's in their sights. This is why Congress is, is moving to try and stop emergency powers being exercised by the office of the executive for him to take action. So Bruce, I had to have you pull it. What's going on up in Portland? So, I mean, basically, you, you hit it. That, that's all there really is to it. There was multiple protests going on in different parts of the city. One of the area's protests ended up basically, I would consider these anarchists, went into uh, the, the Washington statue. They wrapped a, an American flag around the, around the head and then lit it on fire. And shortly thereafter, there was more people that gathered. And then they pulled the statue down and did some graffiti on it. Once that was done, they all scattered. And shortly after that, police arrived. And that that's pretty much, I mean, as far as the other protests go in the city, they were fairly peaceful uh, comparatively. So, yeah. Okay. Well, we know that Portland is kind of a, uh, in a sense, it's more or less a, it's a stronghold in the sense, because that's where all the clashes happened a couple, was it a couple of years ago? We had some clashes up there in Portland. Is that right? Yeah. There's a Antifa rally and a couple other things up there. That's where the uh, that's where the Proud Boys went. If I understand correctly, it is not a crime to desecrate or burn the American flag. However, from my personal view, I am dead set against it. I've buried friends and comrades under that. I've been on burial details. So for those chuckleheads to burn the flag, I'm just glad I wasn't there. As far as the statue of Washington, was there a specific point, Bruce, why they did that? Or it just happened to be a statue they found offensive? So... It doesn't list an, uh, a reason in the article. However, some of the graffiti on the statue, uh, one of them that you can clearly see in, in, in the thumbnail is 1619, which is the uh, 1619, according to the New York Times, is when they 20 enslaved Americans arrived in, uh, uh, in the made English up colony nonsense. of Virginia. Made up nonsense yeah, is what exactly. that is. Yeah, they're, so they're... Basically, that whole 1619 is the, if my understanding is right, they're, they're saying America was founded upon slavery, and that was the entire intention in the beginning, more or less. Is that, is that more or less the gist of it? Are you asking me? If that's, if that's, yeah, I'm asking you because yeah, you know more me, about yes. it than I do. Yeah. Yes. It's, it's, complete, it's a complete fabrication. It's like all this other nonsense that they're talking about with their pushing their race politics and all these agendas that they're pushing. I didn't, I, you know what? I, I'm not even going to pay lip service to race politics anymore. Identity politics, the way that they're pushing identity politics 
is precisely what's causing this problem in the first place. They're creating the division. They're creating the problems. They're creating the conflict in society. They're not trying to liberate people. They're not trying to stop people from being oppressed. They are the oppressors. They are the enslavers. They are the destroyers. They're not there to reform you and bring you into some utopia. They're there to put you into a dystopia in the name of a utopia. Everything about these people is doublespeak. This coming week, we're going to go over how they structure their organizations. Please go back and listen to the segment we did just the other day. It was the episode. It was called Socialist Doublespeak, because this is precisely how they manipulate people from any side. I don't care. Right. Uh, if, if you're a new listener, I don't care if if you're talking about uh, an extreme left or an extreme right. They're all extremists and they all manipulate words to their own advantage. And this is how they grab weak minded individuals and twist them up into that that logic that they have or so-called logic or lack thereof, more or less. But they have no interest whatsoever in explaining to you the truth. They want to destroy history. They don't want to tell you what history actually is or was. They want to tell you their version of history that they conjure up. That's what they're about. See, it's it's not about whether or not you can actually decide what's right and what's not. The individual thought doesn't exist here. With them, it's about they're going to dictate what history is, and then you're going to learn that, and there's nothing else. Because if you step outside of that, then you're no longer with that agenda. So they'll make sure that you're removed in one way or another. We're seeing it already. People that come out and voice a different opinion online. If you do it on Facebook, you do it on Twitter, what's happening? People are around the mob, right? The angry mob in America. They're rounding on people on social media, contacting their employers because people list their employers, contacting their employers. What's happening? Their employers are firing them based on what they post on social media. This is why I don't like social media because of that right there. I knew that that was going to be coming long term. That's why I stepped away from it. However, people need to understand precisely what this group is about. And I'm, I'm not just speaking specifically about the 1619 Project. I'm talking about the people that are the ones that are advocating for the removal of these these statues, these memorials, and, and the ones that are out there desecrating. Their philosophy is entrenched in, in, a, in a Marxist theory, meaning under that particular ideological belief, they believe that everything in history was a mistake. This is where you also had dictators like Mao Zedong when he came to power in China. He also believed under his interpretation of Marxism that all history has to end. Go back and look at the way that the Maoist movement was in China. This is precisely how they do it. They come through. They change everything. They change the names of streets. Are we seeing that now? Yes. They remove all the historical artifacts, statues, memorials, things of that nature, all gone. Happened under Mao. Also, what did you have under Mao? What else did you have? You had the Red Brigades. Okay, those come next, by the way. They had the Red Brigades. And who were they? Who did Mao enlist to carry out that particular enforcement, shall we say? He enlisted young college students, young school students. He made sure that school was let out. He made sure that school was dismissed so he could have those enforcers go around because, you know, because you're you're woke, right? You know everything. You understand. Your parents don't. Your grandparents. No, see, they they believe in that old system, that old outdated system. That's what they believe. Now, what are we seeing with all this COVID stuff? Well, schools might not reopen. And if you don't have schools, if you don't have classes, well, then what's that going to do? If you do that from the top, if you administrate that from the top, that's going to give fuel to the mobs in the streets and allow them to apply pressure from below as well. Again, top down, bottom up pressure. 
That's what it is. They're squeezing society in the middle. That's precisely what they're doing. So circling back to the 1619 project, which I'm not quite sure why I went off on that tangent, but circling back to the 1619 project, it's a complete load of bull. Just like everything else that they're promoting, I'm telling you what their agenda is as opposed to what they're saying. 1619 is part of that. Everything about that is a lie. Everything about all this identity politics, all of that is a lie. That is designed to keep society separated. It is not designed to allow people to come together. We should have come together already. We were supposed to. These are the dividers. These are the segregators. These are the enemies of free people. If I may, I have a problem with the fact that they're tearing down the statues, but they're not providing the context of what the history was about. Why can't we leave the statues up and have a point-counterpoint plaque whatever, so people can be educated about both sides of the issue. That, that That's my question there is why can't we, you know, why not educate people? We're basically making history disappear without any alternative or any explanation. How is that going to help? Those that do not read history are doomed to repeat it, I believe the saying was. Is that not correct? That is correct. But like I said, they're not interested in, in talking. They're not interested in sitting in de- sitting down and having a dialogue. They don't want to present two sides of something. They don't want that dialectic. They want one way, one way only. And that's their way. They don't care about anything else. You have to understand, under the movement that they have, that they're fomenting right now, in that system, all history was a mistake. Everything that you've done in the past, that was all a mistake because it didn't work and it led you to this point now. However, what we're seeing is synthetic. It's not true. It's not it, it's not a true revolution the way that it was put together. It's being funded by finance capital and major corporations and things like that. So you have a, a radical element in there that's being funded. That money has to come from somewhere. It, this is not an organic grassroots movement, though you do have people in there with it that don't understand what the underlying intended message is. They just get on board with it because that's what they think they need to do. So when it comes to history, they don't want history. Everything under Marxism, you have to understand the Marx, uh, the Marx theory. And that is, is that all history ends. Everything about history was, was a mistake. It was incorrect. It wasn't done right. So everything has to be destroyed previous to where you are now. So everything now moving forward is history. You're making history as you move, right? That's, that's Marx. That's where that's coming from. Does that answer your question? Basically, it's the difference between education and indoctrination. Yes. And then uh, something else I want to bring up about uh, what you said before about people um, being hammered in social media and getting, you know, the company getting calls, people Mm -hmm. getting fired. I must admit, I had to visit the office the other day because I had the audacity to say that all lives matter. And I used my military background. Folks, we all have to breathe. We all bleed red. We all share DNA. All lives matter. And customer filed a complaint. I had to go up to the office, sat there. They said, okay, tell us your story. I explained it. And they just closed the folder and said, go back downstairs. Thank you. But yeah, I've seen it happen. I have seen it happen. And not just on social media, but people have gone up to corporate offices, uh, store managers, whatever it might be. Oh, you have a you know racist here. You have this there. And it's like people, you know, that middle ground that we used to cherish is gone. The art of compromise, the ability to agree to disagree. We don't have that anymore. And, you know, I'm not a Republican. I'm not a Democrat. I'm American and I want my country back. And that's just, you know, to me, that's the way it seems to be going right now. And I'm just not happy about it. 
I don't remember when this was talked about. Whenever we had this, we kind of had this in recent time. It may have been towards the beginning of Trump Trump's term, but where they were talking about changing names, removing statues, you know, this has come up before. And it was stated, you guys are going to go after uh, the founders next. And the Dems were like, oh, no, we're not doing that. You're crazy. Ha. And here we are. I mean, they're, they're going for those statues now. And it's not the, the thing about it is, is it's not the Democrats can sit back and wash their hands of it and say, oh, no, we, we, we have no part of it. When the entirety of what's happened in the last 50, 100 years, the, the progressive steps that have been taken to change America has led to this. So, yes, you may not have had a direct hand. Yes, you may not have been out there saying, you know, we should remove this or whatever. But your hands are your hands are dirty. I mean, you're, you're just as much a part of it as as these these quote unquote protesters are. I believe the event you're looking for, sir, was the Georgia state flag. I believe that's where it started. Yes, I believe so. That may have been that may have been. It. Yeah. Yeah. And I said, I remember saying at the time, I said, if they cave on that, if the state of Georgia caves on that, then they will go after the American flag next. But they didn't quite go for that mountain yet. They're going to. They went for the Confederate flag, but they'll go for the next one. They've already declared, even back in 2011, I think it was when the Mayak report came out, they declared the uh, the Gadsden flag to be a, a symbol of domestic terrorism. That was the very first American flag, the Gadsden flag. So d- don't give me that crap. It's just I find this, the whole thing is just, I don't want to call it absurd, but it's certainly misguided. I should be there, the context. Okay, if you're protesting this, get it out there so people can look at the different points of views and make their own informed decision. Don't indoctrinate them, educate them. Becoming educated allows you to make informed choices. Informed choices allow you to make decisions that matter whether it's in politics, racial, whatever it might be. But we have to have that education where we can talk back and forth to each other rather than talking over each other. Again, I go back to the middle ground, the art of compromise, and we, we seem to be losing that. It's, it's just such polarization nowadays, whether it's the left, the right, there's no middle ground. And anybody who happens to be in the middle is getting hammered by both sides. And it's just, yeah. if Tip O'Neill and Ronald Reagan could sit down at the end of the day and have a beer together and talk, why can't the rest of us? Let's get into uh, let's get into police departments. You guys have heard that they're going to start defunding the police departments. Now, New York City Police Department, right, the NYPD, the, uh, the useless mayor up there, de Blasio, he said that he is going to release a new wave of police reforms. Some of these reforms that are going to be up in the uh, the NYPD, first and foremost, they're going to cut a billion dollars. Did you hear what I just said? They're going to cut a billion dollars from the NYPD budget in New York City. So right there, you're going to lose a number of services. You're going to lose a number of officers. You're going to lose resources. You know, and I'm, I'm going to get into some statistics here in just a minute. The police reforms that they're going to be implementing is, first and foremost, they're going to have a requirement of officers to show their badge numbers, which... They should anyway. I mean, if you ask an officer for a badge number, they have to give it to you. So what's the point? Mm -hmm. NYC council members said that some decided to hide them as tensions mounted during the protest. So you have to show the badge number. Also, a disciplinary matrix will be created to make sure it's clear what the consequences are for certain offenses. So the police are now guilty until proven innocent. Is that is that how this is? Okay. it prohibits an officer from sitting, kneeling or standing on a suspect's chest or back in the course of effecting an arrest. Okay, 
All right. Which sometimes you have to hold them down, but the knee usually goes in in between the shoulder blades or off to one side, typically, typically. But those are going to be a couple of things that they're going to they're going to implement, but they're going to get rid of all that stuff. So and then on top of that, they're going to cut a billion dollars of resources from them. So just to give you an idea, during the month of May, all right, I want you to take these numbers into consideration. The NYPD, their own numbers say that murders in the city increased by 79%. Shootings went up by 64% and burglaries rose by 34%. The NYPD says its summer all-out initiative is in effect this year, which will have hundreds of officers patrolling neighborhoods that have had upticks in crime. The numbers are already rising just from last month alone because now we're a couple of weeks into the new month. So obviously the numbers came in from last month. We have that data now. So if the numbers are up, why would you cut a billion dollars from your department? Why would you have the city council pass sweeping reforms that prevent the police officers from doing their jobs? We played a clip the other day of the NYPD police union president, and the man was absolutely right when he gave the speech he did. The legislators have abandoned the NYPD. They've left the union reps out of the discussions. They're vilified in the press. And what happens? What happens now with officers clearly being upset, crimes on the rise, you're vilifying them. Legislators aren't representing them. So now the cops are being encouraged to strike on July 4th as a sign of giving the city its independence. So now here come the uh, here come the labor strikes. So there's some flyers that are making their rounds among the NYPD officers, encouraging them to call out sick on July 4th as retribution for the police reform and a perceived anti-cop climate following the outrage. One message calls for the strike to kick off at 3 p.m. on July 4th. This is precisely what's happening down in Atlanta. Cops are walking out. So I don't know if that's still going on or not. I heard that police officers are getting paid $500 a day to not work. That's what I heard. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but NYPD cops will strike on July 4th to let the city have their independence without cops, which July 4th parades and events and things like that. No cops. How well do you think that's going to go? with those numbers and those percentages I just read off from last month. So this is also being passed around the NYPD as text messages as well. Cops that say we can't strike because of the Taylor law, the message reads referencing the law that makes public worker stoppages punishable by fines and jail time. The people in this city don't honor us, so why honor them? Now see, this is creating a rift. This is creating a, a problem more than anything else. See, the social engineers, which we spoke on yesterday a little bit, the social engineers, this is the other aspect of it. They have to destroy the police department. They have to get rid of any type of state law enforcement bodies. All of them have to go under their system. Why? Because they want to bring in hired thugs and mercenaries of their own. And you think you have a bad situation now with these cops. I assure you, you don't. I assure you. What you have are honorable men and women that go to work every day, put their lives on the line, make the sacrifices for themselves and their families to keep the community safe and to keep law and order. That's what they do. They don't wake up every day and and go out there and say, oh, I'm going to kill somebody today. What world are you people living in? Where where in the world are you coming up with this crap? And and on top of that, the people that you have believing that the NYPD police uh, head of the police union said that they're getting responses back from parents that say that they're worried about their kids walking home from school and being killed by a police officer. Who in the world in their right mind would think that that's how it is? I blame the media for carrying that agenda and pushing that. I blame the, the scumbag sellout politicians that allow that to continue saying nothing, saying nothing in, in response to that. You know, this could all be ended peacefully and easily. And how do you do that? You do that by having someone step out 
and call this scum out for what it is. A bunch of liars, manipulators, losers. That's what you do. You have to do it publicly. But see, we have the mob now, don't we? We have the mob mentality. The mob does what any mob's going to do. That's, they're stupid. That's why they're mobs. So they're going to do whatever it is they're going to do. They go after the prominent voices because they threaten their livelihood. This is why you see all the celebrities and the sports stars and all that stuff coming out. But see, you go after that group and then they stand behind it. They don't mean any of it. Of course they don't. But they stand behind it because they think that it's somehow going to shield them from that mob whenever that mob goes for them. But it won't. It won't. It never does. So what you need is you need leadership to go after this scum that's destroying the civility of the society. That's what you need. And I mean the people that are in the positions of power, such as mayors, governors, state legislators, the ones that are giving cover to the mobs in the streets, to the mobs online that are causing people to lose their jobs, lose their livelihoods, lose their dignity. So until that happens, on top of the good police officers are going to have to go in, and I said this yesterday, go in and arrest the people that are preventing them from doing their jobs, because clearly voting doesn't work, does it? So I'm open to um, I'm open to suggestions. I'm open to pushback, ideas, anything on what I just said. Uh, I'm happy to get your guys' take on it. But yeah, now now the NYPD they're they're planning uh, they're planning walkouts, and quite frankly, I don't blame them the way they're being treated. It's disgusting. In a way, I feel like it's a barrel of apples. You're always going to find some bad apples, whether it's a barrel of police, a barrel of military, or even protesters. You know, the majority of protests have been peaceful. The majority of cops are hardworking and honest. Same thing with the military. But it's those few that go out of the way. Hey, I can do anything I want. Eight minutes and 43 seconds kneeling on the back of his neck. That's inexcusable. That's that, that cannot be explained away. And unfortunately, that's what gets the media's attention. So the hardworking, honest ones out there that every day put their lives on the line, protest peacefully, they get overlooked. All it's at the bullet points for the media. How can we get you know the public's attention for our broadcast or our, or our paper's edition? How do we get our numbers to go up? And I think that fuels it in a certain way because you get so much negativity, people stop looking for the positives because they assume it's just going to be negative, negative, negative. You know, I can understand the cops. I, I know a lot of cops because of work and they're hardworking. They're honest. You know, they care about their communities, but it's those few bad apples that paint them all with a broad brush and they all take it on the chin when the public says, look what you did. You're all guilty of that. No, they're not. But they get painted with the same brush as the bad apples. And that is the perspective I feel needs to be changed. You know, some of it is union law. Some of it is arbitration. But some of it is also the code of silence. The good cops, good military, the good protesters, they need to speak up and call out the bad apples and say, hey, knock it off. That's wrong. You're making us look bad. That's my take on it. Do I support the blue lives? Yes. Do I support black lives? Yes. Again, like I said, all lives matter because we have a lot of stuff in common. We need to breathe air. We bleed red. Folks, we're all in this together. We got to come together and make this work so we can move forward. Tearing each other apart, ripping out our throats, that's not going to get us anything. You know, it's just we're going to spiral down. We don't want that. We want to be unified. We want to move forward. We want to give everybody a helping hand up, not a hand out. I mean, you guys all made good points. And we, we've kind of talked about this before. I'm for unions and whatnot, but at the same time, I'm against them because because of the unions, 
that only encourages the silence. You know, if, if you speak up, well, then you have all of them, you know, dumping in on you, if you will. And so I don't know, I, I, I want to see a reform there with unions. If a cop does do something wrong or, you know, it gets policy, what have you, they need to be removed. I mean, they should be cops should be held to a higher standard than the average citizen, right? Because they actually took an oath to not only uphold the law, but ensure peace and, and the laws upheld in the area. So if they're breaking the law, if they're violating policy, whatever, they should be upheld to a higher degree. So if, if they violate it, they should get like the maximum penalty that they can get. You know, I mean, it, it should be very clear that as a law enforcement, if you're breaking the law, you're going to have it fall on you like a ton of bricks, you know. And we just don't see that, unfortunately. There, there is a lot of silence and whatnot when something goes wrong, and that only escalates over time. So do I think all cops are bad? No. Do I think all the military or, or, or all the protests are bad? No. I, I Honestly, they're bad apples, as Tavish was saying, but I don't know. It, there's, no, there's no conversation. It's just nobody's willing to talk about it. This has all been usurped by Marxists. And, and, well, uh, yeah. I think I think people are willing to talk about it. Clearly, I'm, I'm willing to sit down and talk and, and others are, too. But here's the problem. You have a screaming, howling mob that's turning into a cult, literally, and they don't have any interest in talking. This is your problem. They're stuck in an echo chamber bubble and the rest of society is on the other side. We're talking about a small minority here, right? We're not talking about all the people in the world. We're talking about a small minority. And it's even smaller when you get in amongst the, the the ranks of people that go further with it, you've got the average protester out there now that's kind of saying, oh, well, you know, I, I, I agree with that. I'm going to get on board with that. But see, when they start getting into the deeper side of it and they realize, hey, wait a minute, this isn't about black lives or, or anything like that. When you look at uh, BLM's charter, for example, you look at that. I don't see where any of that thing, any of that stuff has to do with black lives mattering. Do you? I don't see very much of that mm-hmm. at all. So. I I think when you get the people that get in deeper to it, it's just like anything else. Take Scientologists, for example. Scientology, when you go into it, hey, this is a pretty nice thing. Everybody's nice. Everybody's good and all getting along and they're all welcoming and everything. And then what happens? They start turning up the heat. They start getting you deeper and deeper. Oh, well, you need to read this. Um, You need to take these. You need to look at doing this. You need to come to one of our counseling sessions. You need to get in one of our groups. You need to uh, join us for this. You need to join us for that. And then what happens? Well, if your family doesn't subscribe to the same stuff that you subscribe to, well, then you have to get rid of your family. That's all there is to it. See, that's where they're at. The only thing, like these people... Okay, these people that are in the mobs that are unwilling to talk, they are one step shy of a tracksuit and a punch bowl. Seriously, that's where they're at. They have no interest in speaking. I'm willing to sit down and have dialogue. I'm not a pigeonholing person. There are a lot of people that are willing to have a dialogue. But what do you do with people that are completely sealed off and in this little this cult? How do you? How do you break through that? I, I'm, I see your point, Bruce. I'm not disagreeing with you. But this goes to a larger issue because you have people that want to sit down, have the dialogue and come to a, a common ground and, a, and, an, and an understanding. But that's coming from one side that wants to have that. We're putting the hand out, but it's being slapped away because you have screaming children. That, that's like that's what you're dealing with. Now, it, and unfortunately, it really is coming down to that because I've seen many cases, people trying to have an honest 
discussion, asking questions. Okay, why do you feel that way? You know, what has happened? What have you seen? What's history? And there are some that will answer truthfully and say, well, here, this is why I feel this way. This is what I've seen. But other people, it's just the party line. Bam, 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 bam. If you're not one of us, you're against us. If you're not part of the solution, you're the problem. You know, it's not always that black and white. There's there's room for agreement. There's room for disagreement. But we need to talk to each other. If we can't hear each other, all we're going to do is hear a bunch of yelling voices and then people start getting defensive. You know, it's like, well, wait a minute. Hold on here. And and that's when things just start spiraling down. I mean, look at some of the protests. They go from peaceful to all of a sudden agitators, looters burning buildings, things like that. We need to be able to talk to each other equally and respectfully. We all have different opinions, points of view, but it's not going to do any good if we don't listen to the other person. Take in what they're saying, look at it and go, okay, I agree with some of what you say. I disagree with this and here's why. That back and forth, that's what we need and that's what sadly we're losing every day. It's just becoming more radical, more hard cast, sides are getting set in stone, and that ability to listen to someone else openly, listen to what they're saying, think about it, and then form your own opinion. That's what worries me. We're losing that, and it's coming down to my way or the highway type of thing, and you can't do it that way. Look what happened in the Roman Empire. It basically destroyed itself. You know, the barbarians at the gate, they didn't have to worry. Rome kind of, you know, rotted from within. And to a certain degree, I'm worried that is this what's happening to our country? Where was the ability to come together to compromise the work as one for a better goal for all of us? And I just don't see that anymore. And that's what worries me a hell of a lot. Identity politics is what happened. I think that's what you're looking for. Thank you. I couldn't come up with the right words for it. But yeah, basically identity politics. Who's in? Who's out? Who's the cool kid? Who's not the cool kid? You know, it just burns my cojones at times. Okay. But anyway, all right. So uh, down to Atlanta. Okay. So the Atlanta cops, they're, they're calling out, right? They're, they're continuing to call out and they're doing this as a sign of, of standing with the officers. And so now, all right. So, I mean, we're, we're kind of, you know, getting off on the police here, but with all this happening, with all the vilification of these police officers, what's happening? Crime's going up in the city because obviously there aren't any police officers. So You've got police departments that are not at the police precincts. They're not answering 911 calls. What happens? Other zones get because everything uh, cities are broken into zones. So other zones get overloaded. As a result, crime goes unanswered. And what the issue is with this, it says officers. And this is a quote from uh, a retired DeKalb County police major. Uh, he says that the officers I've spoken to say they have no direction from the new leadership. And that's a concern. Because they need to know who's got their back. you damn right they do. Of course they do. If an officer feels like they don't have anyone that's going to stand up for them, well, then they're not going to have any confidence and then they're not going to do their job as effectively as they can. They took an oath. So when you call out sick, your fellow officer is possibly put in danger because he or she will not have the proper backup. True. So you're going to have some officers that are going to go to work, but they're but are they going to be proactive? No. Meaning they're just going to sit there in their car. When the police officers don't know what to do, They're just going to sit there and do nothing, and the public's going to be at risk. Exactly. They're going to sit there in their car. So they're not going to go to that uh, that burglary alone if they have no backup, or if their backup's 20 minutes away. They're not going to do it. So the other issue you're running into with it, now you have law enforcement families, right? They're now facing harassment, vandalism, threats at home from the mobs. Law enforcement officers are saying that their families face harassment, bullying by strangers and neighbors 
as a result of the nationwide crackdown on law enforcement. Again, this is where I blame the media for doing this. Now you're putting people's lives in danger that have nothing to do with any of this stuff. Police officers around the nation are facing scrutiny by local, state, and federal officials. They say that morale is down in local departments. Of course it is. Of course it is. Budgets have been cut. Overtime pay for shifts during protests has been slashed. So why would they go out there in the midst of all of it? And the homes of police officers have been vandalized while anti-law enforcement activists have watched from the, or watched them from the outside. Do we not see what the mobs are doing? Do we not see what the officials that are over the police departments are doing? They're vilifying the police officers and enabling the mobs in the streets. And they're using the media as the facilitator of it all to carry the message. About an hour ago, a black SUV stopped in front of my home and laid on the horn for a while. Message clear. I know where you live. Here's a message for you. I'm a kid from wherever this is at. Uh, Born tough, raised tough, blue collar. I won't go easy if you come for me. This is a tweet that was sent to the president of the New York State Association of the Chiefs of Police. And also the same tweet was sent to the Western New York Association of the Chiefs of Police. Where's Twitter on this? Where are they? How is that not a threat? Where's the action from some type of state legislature, from from Congress, from from the Oval Office even on something like that? on some kind of action on that company, something. You can't just go around and threaten people like that. Unless, of course, you're a, you're a company that's funding these, these mobs in the streets and, and you have platform status. I, I don't know, maybe, possibly. Police officers now saying that they need to take blue line stickers off of their family members' cars, you know, because you know, that's a sign that you support police officers. I know of three blue line flags that have been defaced or eggs thrown at one home. And a former NYPD homicide detective told the Washington Examiner, a friend's daughter who from the age of 13 made blue line bears for fallen officers, families out of their uniform shirt was getting death threats and they needed to remove the wrap from her car. A retired deputy sheriff out of San Bernardino, California, who runs a website that helps officers relocate to police friendly municipalities, said that officers and their wives who reach out to him reveal that their children are targeted as well. I talked to a wife today from Seattle whose husbands are at the Seattle Police Department, and she she knows that they need to get out of there. She's afraid for her husband's life and her kids in the neighborhood. She said that they are getting picked on and they're getting called names. It's not the same like it was just even two weeks ago, three weeks ago, just because they're a law enforcement family now. Their kids are being targeted by people in the neighborhood. So how is this how is this bringing people together? How is this how is this equality? You hear this all the time from these these groups. How is this equality? How is this tolerance? How is this acceptance? You see, you people don't represent any of that. None of it. You're the antithesis of what you claim to be. You're losers. You're segregators. So how you get people involved in this movement is is beyond is beyond my comprehension. I, I really just don't understand it. You've got to pander to the lowest form of intelligence when it comes to this, because if this is okay, if this is if this is tolerated and nothing's done about it, you threaten somebody. I, I don't care if, if someone means it or not. You threaten somebody, then that's an assault by any definition. Where's the justice for that? Where's the justice for that family or that kid? I think there's a lot of things that are mixed up in all this. A lot of a lot of these problems, they need to be um, they need to be solved. And it's not just one. You can say, OK, well, we'll go after the, the, you know, the mayors, go after the, the legislators, the council members, what, whatever, whoever's perpetuating this. But then you have tech companies involved in this as well. They're allowing this to continue. Clearly, it's on their platforms. So where's the outcry for social media? Where, where's the outcry to do something about that? I don't hear anything about that. I don't hear anything about 
an outcry to, to shut the media down. A group of people that are that are blind with their hatred and their rage of, of God only knows what. I want to know where where's their uh, moderators, you know? The, the people that are supposed to be moderating things again, you know, for, as far as violence. Do you think for a minute that if the right were to be the violent ones in this, that they wouldn't be banned immediately? I mean, th- that that's yeah, exactly. That that's that's my whole. There's no consistency. There's no there's no accountability either. As far as they're given special privileges to be a platform status, why do they still have it? If you're gonna if you're gonna allow people to speak violence on on your platform and you're not gonna do anything about it, which you know that's getting into the legal grounds, I would prefer they don't censor anything unless it's illegal. Well, this is illegal. So where is the government saying, "Yep, your platform status is gone"? Sorry, or or even just fining them for that matter. I mean, there's no repercussion for them allowing this. It's just yeah, whatever. I mean, it, it fits the agenda. Go for it. What came to mind for me was the similarities with the uh, the Boogaloo movement on Facebook. Uh, there was that shooting on the West I'm Coast. Um, I'm sorry. So, so, hold on just a second. The, the what movement? The Boogaloo. Uh, okay. Basically He's anti-government. Anti- okay, uh, I've not heard of this. So could you explain that, please, first? Sure. Um, on Facebook, uh, under the Boogaloo uh, theme. There's been several posts about shooting uh, Fed boys, as they call them, federal agents, waiting for the Fed boys with a 50 cal behind the front door, things like that. The shooting on the West Coast just recently of two law enforcement officers, Air Force uh, Sergeant working security at Travis Air Force Base, just recently arrested. Uh, I believe he killed one officer, wounded another, but he had uh, several links on his social media to the Boogaloo movement. Now, I don't know if it's white nationalists, you know, who exactly it is, but it's an anti-government movement. And the same thing, people posting about cops, their family, things like that. Same thing here. Federal agents, law enforcement officers are being killed by members of this movement or followers of this movement. And again, why is it up on social media? Why isn't it being censored or monitored? It's a vacuum of leadership to me. Whatever it is at the top, there's just a vacuum of leadership. It's filtering down. Police feel unsupported. Their families are threatened. They're, you know, well, I'm not sure I can handle this call because I, I don't want to end up on social media. Next thing you know, I'm going to get fired by the mayor. There's due process. And it seems like political expediency is taking over. Oh, well, let's calm the crowd down or help brush my political resume. It's, you know, I think there's just a rush to judgment in these tense times. And I think it's just affecting leadership and people are kind of like, well, I'm not sure. And I can explain why certain officers don't want to go to certain calls. They don't have backup. Backup's 20 minutes away. I saw it in the military. Times I thought we should have intervened. It wasn't politically expedient or it wasn't in national security interests. It's just like, we got to do something. Sorry, not our job. So I I believe it's just the fact that a lack of leadership or the lack of a spine in certain leaders is making them appear wishy-washy, which filters down. And then people are like, oh, I can't really deal with this because I don't know if I'll have backup. I don't know if I'm going to be put on trial. I might get fired because some politician says, oh, got to make an example of them. We have a due process in this land. We are a land of laws. Bad officer? Yes. Court. Tried. Convicted. Boom. But to tarnish everybody or to put everybody in fear, that's that's just not the way to do it. To add a little bit about the Boogaloo movement, that actually started by 4chan, right? 4chan, the same ones that created the narrative that the OK sign was white supremacist, you know, and how the media ran with that. 
So I'm not saying that the Boogaloo movement isn't a real thing. I'm just saying that this is where it started. The origins of it was on 4chan. Anarchists have grabbed a hold of it and are, are running with it. But anyway, that's where it started was 4chan. Internet I trolls. did not know it. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Tavish, I actually wanted to end on getting your take on something because we haven't had you on since this happened. Uh, I wanted to get your take or I don't think I've gotten your take on this yet, but I want to get your take on what's going on in Seattle uh, as far as these these brain dead fools taking over the city out there. This Chaz thing. What are your thoughts on that? It, when you when you saw that, when you first saw that of what, what was happening out there, what are your thoughts on how these people have taken over uh, six to eight city blocks out there? When I first heard about it, I, you know, I tried to catch up on the news, learn stuff about it. And they, they, you know, oh, we want to be open. We want to be inclusive. We want to be equal. But why are you putting up walls? What was the point? If you want to be open and inclusive, why are you putting up walls to keep certain people out? And that's where, you know, I'm like, I have a disconnect. If you say this, but you do that, that doesn't to me mean that you really want to do what you say you want to do. Social unrest, social injustice, I understand it's a terrible thing and it is in our society. That is a given and we need to work on that. But to basically take over blocks of the city and go, hey, it's the new freehold of uh, Chaz or whatever it is. To me, that's not the way to do it. You know, you don't set yourself as a separate group and try to say we're going to be inclusive. We want to work together. It, it just makes no sense to me. If you want to be inclusive, then work with everybody. You don't put up walls to keep certain people out. At least that's my take on it. I wasn't sure if you were a fan of uh, of the gardening practices and agriculture that they've taken a crack at in there by uh, laying some newspaper down over top of some grass and then pouring some potting soil on top of that and then dumping out tomato plants on top of that. So, you know, I, I didn't know if, yeah. uh, if if you were a fan of that, if, if that's something you think that they uh, they're doing a fantastic job with or or what. But no, um, I'm, you know, I believe in public gardens, community gardens, you know, food for all. Yeah, and, and they work great because volunteers come in, they plant. They harvest, they get the food to the people that need it or food banks. I'm all for that. But this will and Nelly approach, oh, look, we've got blocks. Let's let's do this and we'll paint this and we'll put up rules here and we'll put plants there. No, this, this is not SimCity. You don't start trying to build a city, you know. You already Idiots. have a city. Idiots. Come together Absolute and idiot. make what you have work. Don't tear down something to try to some, do something else, especially when you have no idea how to do it. They don't know how to build society. Not at all. You know, none. So if that's any clue of, uh, of how that whole thing is, uh, is going to transpire, then, you know, that needs to be shut down. So we will go ahead and call that an end. I want to thank you both for your time this evening. I appreciate you taking the time to sit down. Tavish, thanks for coming in again. I appreciate that. You come in here and you keep me in check and you make sure that I don't get too out of control. And I do appreciate that. I'm sure Bruce <laughs> appreciates that. Well, I just hope I don't meander too much and then wander off topic. I try to keep myself focused. No, no. Well, even if you did, you know, I'm sure we could make a conversation out of that somehow because we're willing to listen so much. <laughs> but no, uh, it's but good no. to hear opposing viewpoints, different viewpoints. Live and learn. That's how we educate ourselves. And if we are educated, we're informed and we can make informed decisions. That's Absolutely. what we need more of nowadays. Absolutely. You're absolutely right. I will go ahead and give out our um, our social media information. If you haven't, please do give us a follow. Uh, we are on the platform of Parler. Uh, those of you that are looking f possibly to jump away from Twitter, I know there's a big campaign now to, uh, to get people off of Twitter because of what's going on, how they're taking the stances they're taking. You know, people don't endorse that. If you're looking for another platform to jump over to with possibly some more friendly faces, please do check us out over on Parlor. You can follow me over there. I'm at janderson3. You can also follow Marty over there at Marty Foster. We'd be happy to get your feedback, get your comments, 
questions, anything you have for us, we're happy to answer any of that stuff. So go ahead and give us a follow over there if you are on it or if you're planning to make the jump over to it. So thank you, Tavish. Thank you, Bruce. And from all of us here, wherever you are in the world, we thank you for listening because it's all of you that listen that make this all possible. We love you and we love freedom and independence. And together we'll continue to fight for those in the marketplace of ideas. So we'll see all of you tomorrow.